Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Radio Tony, a conversation with Kez. I'm your host, Tony Lontis, and I will soon be joined by my gorgeous co-host, Kez Wickham St. George. Now, just a reminder, if you're listening live online on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, we have Payo ready and waiting to take your comments and send you the links from anything that we talk about the show. Uh, if you want to catch up on our previous shows where we've talked to many amazing authors from across the world, just jump on to Binge Networks in the US, Hero Go TV in the US, and you will find replays of the shows on the Tony TV channel app on Roku, LG, and Samsung smart device, smart TVs across the world. Now, this show is co-hosted with Kez Wickham St. George, and she is an international best-selling author in her own right, and she loves helping other authors bring out the magic in their writing. And today's guest is the gorgeous Jackie Walker. And Jackie, not only is she a contributor to the book that we've been highlighting this last little while called The Colors of Me, an anthology produced by Kez and Michelle Wheatley, uh, Jackie Walker is an educator and she has more than 30 years of school-based experience. She's also a co-editor of a leading Australian magazine and Jackie facilitates women's wisdom circles, meditation and workshops. Words that describe Jackie include passionate, enabler, listener, witness and mentor. Jackie believes that real healing can and does happen through sharing our stories and by walking beyond our fear. Having walked her own journey, she's able to walk with others in theirs. She inspires and motivates those she mentors, facilitates real changes gently with care, empathy, and love, I might add. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Hi, I'm so pleased to be here. We're so delighted and really appreciative that you were able to fill a spot at such short notice. Now, lovely audience, I'm going to pop off for the rest of the show and allow Kez Wickham St. George to do her very wonderful best. And I will be back to join you to finalise the show. Um, over to you, Kez. Thank you, Tony. Good morning, Jackie. Hi, Kez. <laughs> it just seems so weird that you only live 10 minutes from me. <laughs> I know. We're just around the corner from each other, but this is putting you in front of a huge audience. It's just wonderful. So my first question to you this morning is, what inspired you to add your story to the anthology? Well, the thing that really motivated me, Kez, was I think that Real healing happens when you share your story with others. And I'm really passionate about women stepping up, step reclaiming their power, having lived through trauma. And trauma comes in so many different ways. And today we have, like Grace Payne, talking about abuse and it's a conversation that is now in the community and it just seemed like time for me to step up and share my story with others so I've been used to sharing my 
I've shared my story with many, many people, but more privately than rather than yeah. going so public. Mm. Um, and I feel that it's part of my healing and it's part of me owning and reclaiming part of myself to have my story published. Yes. So it's another step for me in my personal journey. Yeah, I, I when um when I approached you about putting the story in, uh, well, writing your story, I did not think it would be as emotional as what it was, but I found it very touching. It was a really lovely, heart touching story. So thank you, because a lot of the stories in the in the book were very um, they were quite distraught, and I don't think they told their full story not yet. But it will come out in the future. But this is just the beginning uh, for many women in the book to tell their story. It was just a pure beginning for them. But your story was just, um, yeah, it was heart touching. So thank you. Well, one so of the also, things, sorry. One of the things that I wanted to bring out in my story was not so much around the trauma issues but like moving beyond that to share yeah. the healing story and the, you know, because my message, cares is that healing does happen and you don't have to be at the effect of the trauma that you have experienced in your life. That's right. I think yeah. what, the, what the story brought out, your story brought out for me was Healing starts right now. You have to wait for healing. It starts immediately. As soon as you think, I'm going to get over this, I'm going to get through it, I'm going to get around it, it starts immediately. It's um, sourcing what you need to start healing. But um, we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait till tomorrow or next, oh, I think I'll start healing next week. No, that happens. It's the moment you think about it, you start that journey. And I think that's uh, something that a lot of people don't realize. We don't have to wait till next week. We don't put it in the bank. Uh, we keep it inside us and it can do some real danger. So to bring it out, whether it be in words or whether it be in um, some sort of communication with a professional, it's the best thing to do. So, I, I, But I believe that, um, that you have also, you're the uh, co-editor of a fabulous magazine, which also deals with healing. Yes, I um, work with Patricia Hamilton and we bring out the Conscious Living magazine monthly and we share and the purpose of that the magazine is mostly to share current um stories people's stories and to um also bring out um healing um uh to it's sharing health and well-being stories really and to be in touch with um yeah, <laughs> wasn't really thinking about conscious living, sorry. <laughs> no, it's just a question we have to pop in there. We want to know who you are. So when you uh, were writing the story for The Colours of Me, what was your technique you used? Technique? Um, I just really went within and I've journaled for many years, so I don't really... No, I have a technique. I just went within and let the voice, my voice, just flow onto the paper. So yeah. <laughs> it was just like from the heart. It was really not about thinking. 
it was really more about just letting the words land on the piece of paper and, you know, I've probably shaped it a little but not very much. It was just what came from many years of, like I know my story backwards and out and I have shared it many times and it was just a way of framing, um, yeah, framing events and connecting coming from my perspective of who I am today rather than stepping into the past. So it's very much reflective rather than immersive, if that mm. makes sense to you. Mm. Of course, it makes perfect sense. I, th- I, found, I found it was reflective, yes, because uh, the past has made you grow and into who you are today. And that's what it does for all of us. If we can let our past help us grow, um, that's exactly what it does. And, you know, knowing you personally like I do and the, and the groups that you facilitate, I, I would say your past has certainly done that. It's helped you grow into who you are because you do some wonderful things, especially with um, you touch people with your magazine as well. So how do you go about approaching people and places you'd like to be seen in? How do you go about that? Sorry, could you ask that question again? Sure. How do you go about when you're talking to people about your, the healing facilities that you run within the magazine, within the expo, and, you know, um, do people come to you or do you approach people with the healing facility? Um, really, people approach us um, and we share their story. Okay. And it's all in writing? Um, yeah, it's a digital magazine. It's online. And we don't have a print magazine anymore. We ran print magazines for over 30 years, but now everything's shifted across to the digital. Mm. Mm. It's a shame, isn't it? Because I really enjoyed those magazines. I enjoyed I enjoy all magazines, but you know, having it having it a Perth-bound magazine was very special. Yeah, but now what we have it's you know, reaching more people in a digital form. So, you know, everything progresses and everything changes and transforms. So it's just moving with the time, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I have, I've had many comments. I'll be sick of this digital stuff, but we've got to accept that still that's the way it's going to go. And for a very long time, that's the way it's going to go into digital. Yeah, so when you wrote the story in The Colours of Me and you were just letting your feelings fall onto the paper and because other readers, other listeners will want to know how you actually formatted that story for yourself. So, I mean, you know, it was professionally edited. It was looked over by two or three people, including myself, but it's your story. And of course it touches your heart more than anyone else. So how did you uh, format the story, you know, put it on the paper this is what people need to know is they all also have a story with inside them. How would they go about picking up the pencil and putting the words onto paper? Well, I, I think it's being ready to share your story. When you've got that readiness within, you'll find the words tumble out. So sometimes what I find when I'm first writing is it's, a key thought that jumps out and I write about that. And when I um, look at this, what I've written, um, often what I've written first is the conclusion. And so 
the order that I write in isn't necessarily the order that you see in the finished product. In fact, lots of, you know, it's cutting and pasting and um, what I found very useful was to segment my story into the phases. So I start with um, the early years when I was growing up on the farm and then the school, school years that were the formative years of my journey and then so, moving beyond into the in, healing. In those so I, school years, those, you were bullied, weren't you? Oh, terribly bullied. Yeah. Yeah. And so, the, really, and so the, yeah, the story not only had the story of your family, but it also had a story about you being bullied. Yeah, I, I had a terrible time at school. I was... Um, I think I my early childhood was on a farm and there was very little socialisation with other people. So I had a lot of time with myself and nature and my brother and that was the whole world. <laughs> and I it was. So I didn't have a lot of children who I hadn't learnt the social nor mores of connecting with other kids and getting on. So I, when I was thrown into the school situation, of course, I was very shy and, you know, I didn't have that, those building blocks that other kids who would have had more um, social experiences have. Mm. So, you know, so that was always starting behind the eight balls, so to speak. Yes, yeah. And, you know. I Back in the day, it was a thing like I had long hair and I had pretty rib mum put pretty ribbons in the hair, which was beautiful. But traveling on a school bus, <laughs> there was <some laughs> boys who were much older than me, and they teased me mercilessly about these ribbons. And it was just like one of those things that built up and built up as growing up through the years. Mm. Okay, so I guess that, you know, I can remember going on, on the school bus myself. I never liked it. I didn't enjoy it. And, and there was bullying wherever you went. I mean, there was always someone that brought up, and it wasn't called bullying when I went to school. Um, so it was just, you know, you had to accept it. That's the way it was. But there's some pretty cruel things went on. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't that badly affected with the cruelness, but there was, you know, I used to watch it and, there wasn't much you could do. Being a child, there wasn't much you can do. Uh, and even now I see that, um, you know, I watch kids in the playground and just opposite where I live. And there's there's still the, um, there's not so much the bullying because I think it's it's sort of calmed down. What I found um, in the present day is adults have started bullying each other. And I, I'm quite surprised <laughs> that it's not so much with the children anymore there. Children seem to be gaining their respect towards family members. Of course, there's going to be ownership, isn't there? I'm the oldest I know best. Did you have yeah. that in your family? Um, well, I am the oldest, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think that bullying is a behaviour It's a, that is endemic in our society and it, there's a one-upmanship and I think the Australian culture especially if you, like I've lived in a lot of country centres outside where it's very male culture in mining towns. 
I've lived in Kalgoorlie, I've lived up in Karratha, up north. And what I find is our sense of humour as Australians actually is sarcasm. Yes. It's very sarcastic in nature, which, of course, is the key element of bullying. <laughs> so yes. it's kind of an endemic and people can say nasty, cruel things or just simply think they're having a joke, but that cuttingness actually can be having a greater effect that's not even intended by the person speaking or, you know, having that moment. So I think that, you know, as a cultural society, Australia needs to wake up a little more and it's through sharing story, like this book, The Colours of Me, where people are sharing what they've experienced and people on the other side of the fence never never know the effect that they have if the other side, you know, the people affected by the bullying or the sarcasm don't speak out about it. That's very true. So how did you learn to speak out about it? Um, well... I didn't speak out about it for many, many years. I held everything in. So what came was my life fell apart, basically, and um, I needed, found that the medicine and the pathway to healing was talking and sharing and unlocking um, the memories and those experiences that caused me so much pain. Because in my mind it was, you know, there was this segment, little box inside my mind that was holding and storing it all. Mm. And it was like a bit like a balloon, you know, you yeah. blow up the balloon yeah, and it's like so yeah. big. But then eventually you're going to get to the Boom. point where it bursts. <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, that's what happened, you know, for me. It's like I just got to the point where there was not one more little hurt that I could hold on to. And then it, it was like an avalanche. <laughs> it all needed to come out. Uh, but really um, it's an interesting journey because, like, in my, um, my trauma includes, like, not just the bullying but it does include rape and sexual um, assault and... What I did find is even though the story needed to come out, it was in the, the journey over many, many years, and it's a good 12 to 20 years I've been working with my story. Um, it's like reclaiming and remembering bits came slowly. It wasn't all there. Mm. The whole story wasn't mm. all there just for the sharing. It took a lot of effort and work to have the courage to remember some parts of that story. It does. I must admit that when I wrote my story in that book, it it took my breath away because the memories were quite painful. Um, and, mm. and the story wasn't really about me. It was about my mother. But, yeah, they were painful um, because you store them away, don't you? And like that balloon that you just mentioned, it does get bigger and bigger and and. Mine popped a long time ago and I blurted it all out. But I, there's, there's certain memories that you keep uh, and you just don't talk about. So when I mm. talked about my mother suiciding or trying to suicide, um, 
even my husband I've been married to for a very long time didn't know about that mm -hmm. but it was a memory a memory I just tucked away and when I I wasn't going to write the story I was oh no I'll, I'll just help with the book but the story had to come out and and that's yeah. what's happened with nearly every author of the colors of me the story's been sitting there bubbling away and two or three authors have said to me um that wasn't the story I was going to write <laughs> and it just came out because it's been sitting there as you said it's just been sitting there mm. yeah so did you find our forgiveness happening while you wrote the story um well, forgiveness is a really deep topic and it's a misunderstood word, I think, because I don't know that in our world that we really comprehend forgiveness until you have come to forgiveness. Yes. Um, I think that forgiveness is a personal thing. It's not really about other people. So mm. in my world there's, you know, part of my story is my mum Peep, my ex-husband, etc. It's not really that I had to forgive them. Mm. The real, the person who I had to find forgiveness for was for myself. Exactly. And people who haven't experienced that part of the healing journey can't, don't have an understanding, and it's not something I can really find words to explain the why or how. But I just know that that was the key for me anyway in my personal journey was finding forgiveness for myself. Um, and what helped me to do that was, like, I worked with a very um, wonderful counsellor and what she, her best piece of advice to me was what happened in the past is not happening to you now in the future. And it was she helped me see that the memories of the past were in the past and my life here was fine. I was safe. I was a confident yeah. person living a good life. Yes. And the memories are in the past and that's where they belong. And it was about bringing my present adult self yes. to connecting with the memory but bringing my today self to that and re like looking at it and acknowledging it and feeling the pain not denying anything about it but like assimilating it into a today memory rather than the memory of a child or the memory of my 16 year old self yeah. or the memory my 24-year-old self or the 27-year-old who was going through it because today, you know, I'm me That's <laughs> who's right. living it right now. And so those events, they were there, they were real, the, and acknowledging all that feeling and emotion needed to happen and I can see it from the adult today, mm. Jackie, who you see and talk to now. So it's part of my story, but it's not my day. It's not defining who I am. And that's the real um, signal for me, being able to know that allows me to share and talk about my story because yes. I'm not going to fall into the drama. I'm not going to have a PTSD. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so you know when you've found that 
um, forgiveness for self and that inner peace with who you are because then you're not bringing the past into your present reality. Yeah, that's dead right. You're absolutely right. I mean, when I look back, I'm certainly not who I used to be, uh, but it's it's um, gratefully I've um, grown. Um, certainly not uh, even a year ago. Um, I'm and, and the would, same will be for every woman that puts something into the book. Um, if they look back to the story they wrote, they're not the person they they were then. They're the person they are now. And we've got to encounter growth. And sometimes growth does does actually cause a little bit of pain. Uh, but that's when you get your your journal out and you write it all out in your journal. <laughs> I love that part of it. I can say whatever I like in my journal. <laughs> well, one thing that I think I've learned about life is that our life does transform who we are, our journey. Like, and sometimes you know, what people think is painful is actually moving into a healthier you and sometimes that means leaving behind things in your life or situations in your life that no longer serve you and it's being prepared for that change and if you're really committed to yourself and your journey and you want to have that good life and live in a peaceful with at peace with yourself and you're prepared to do the work then you're prepared to make the changes you're prepared to leave people behind the friendships maybe that are toxic in your life you know if you're moving forward and you're serious about bettering your life and moving out of trauma then sometimes you need to leave people behind and I think that's um, something that people find hard in it's a, it is a, it is like walking through a wall of fear because the other side is unknown. So you know the trauma story well and it's oh. familiar and it's like taking that blind leap of faith that I, you can do it, you can step forward and I'm going to be okay. And you know something that I'd like to share with the listeners is about fear because fear is the biggest lie that we tell ourselves. We lock ourselves up with our fear. And every time I've met my fear wall and I've had to walk through that door into the unknown, mm-hmm. I've it's always been the best thing I've ever done. And yes, yeah. well, what I've discovered is all those stories that you tell yourself, those fear stories, none of it is true. Mm. <laughs> You know, it's all just a lie. It's all just because fear isn't real. It's just That's something right. that we bind ourselves, we tie ourselves up in knots. Mm. And it's not really, um, what I also discovered is it's not other people don't put fear onto you. It's it's what you build up within yourself. So yes. when we're in a fear state, we can be blaming other people for mm-hmm. what's and you know, uh, you know, that I'm terrified of you know what will happen if I do yes. this. You know? And it's all those like that self-talk is yourself. Yes. And if you can get step outside of that, walk through that, beyond that, and do what you're most afraid of, or tell the story, or walk out the door, leave a situation. All of a sudden, all of that fear just evaporates yes 
It's the most liberating thing and I can, you know, even just to write the story or to speak here with you today, it's like stepping through another door, you know. Yes, I agree. Yes. It's like opening up to an audience that I've never, I don't even know. That's right. You know, so it's one step at a time, you know, and not trying to do everything at once, I think, is really the key to yeah, I agree with that one. Yes, yeah. Getting back to the bullying, the bullying, Jackie, um, there is a question I'd like to ask you, and that is when you see or no, when you're actually part of, or I suppose you can call it that question, or you you see bullying going on, like if I was being bullied by another woman and and, and uh, a person was in the same room. Um, and, and this always, the question was put to me, I didn't know how to answer it. Um, is Does that person also condone themselves as a bully if they don't say anything, if they don't stand up and say that's wrong, if they don't uh, stand up and say I'm uncomfortable with what's going on in the room? Um, is, do, are they considered a bully as well or a partnership to the bully? Well, I, I do think that I don't know that it makes the onlookers a bully, but what it does is they become an enabler. That's right. So they enable, they're not doing anything to change the situation. Often onlookers might feel really uncomfortable and they don't know what to do. Mm. Or they or if they might be afraid that if they step in, then they will be targeted as well. That's but, right. But by doing nothing, you are enabling that situation to mm. happen. So whether you're yeah. actually an active participant or not, it's it's a very awful place to find yourself in to be a witness to someone else being bullied or put down by another and what I find is sometimes I I will just like state the very obvious so mm. it's like attacking it's I think it's not helpful to say whether something's good or bad or you know because that's bringing emotion in but sometimes just making a statement that's factual that isn't a yes or no and it's not taking sides with anyone can just break the energy so I, I um, would encourage anyone who finds themselves in that situation to sometimes you know not join in with it or not defend or not accuse but just mm. you've just changed the direction of the conversation yes. or just step and say, oh, who wants a cup of tea? <laughs> you know, <laughs> something to break that energy. You know? Yes. Yes, or I agree. Yeah. Really Thank under you, attack, Jim. you know, you can say, oh, I can hear some, you know, I'm just making a cup of tea. Why don't you just come with me? And, you know, yeah. if yes. it's really something terrible, you can just, you know, Assist. I've spent a lot of years working with children and in schools mm. and, um, you know, it's a place where you see a lot of bullying in the playground and you have kids um, 
that really are very, very affected. And what I discovered is that the bully is actually as traumatised as the child being bullied. So really? it's a thing, yeah. It's not just, it's a power game and one, mm. one has the big power, one is the weak, but it's, it's the energy and the synergy between the two and mm. they're participants in it. It's not all directed one way and mm. that... Per that, you know, in a school set, setting where it's a child, it's like, well, that child who's bullying is feeling just as insecure as the child who's being bullied, but it's just yes. that they're in a different side part of the cycle of the loop. So you can apply that to adults as well. I, I think, I think when you find someone pushing themselves onto another, I very forcefully, I think that. There's something in that person, they're feeling threatened in their own way and they come out strongly. So mm. it's like a diffusing, you know, I think we need to have kindness and tolerance for both sides. It's not one person is good or one person is bad. Or, yes, I agree. So, Jackie, your life both. and your writing life and your magazine writing life and in the book, who do you find... Who would you choose um, or words that empower you? You know, sometimes I, I often, well, I often put up quotes that I find quite empowering. Uh, so who, who would you choose that would empower you and, and make you feel, that's right, that's good for the day? Um, well, I um, really love the song Desiderata. Do you know that one? And there's a verse from Desiderata that has stayed with me from the age of 14. I discovered wow. the beautiful poem, Words of Wisdom, and it's kind of been a guiding light in my life. And the verse that stands out is, you are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. And that stayed with me, that has stayed with me for the whole life and um, it was put to music. So I have the tune that goes with oh, me. Oh, nice. That yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so it was, that's been a guiding light and I always um, loves finding that poem it come it resurfaces every now and again <laughs> just to it's to remind you that you've grown into a beautiful woman that's what it's there it resurfaces all the time and yeah. I have to say is that when I go on to Facebook I always love finding your words or tips for the day so that's quite oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah I like to think there's at least a person out there that says, I like that little quote. I'll take it with me. I, I just think, and I do it myself when I see quotes, why I, I share them. Um, some quotes I find empowering. You know, mm -hmm. they're not always by the same person, but, yeah, I do love to share my, my little quotes. So writing the anthology, was it a learning experience for you? Now, I, when I approached you about, putting your piece of work in, um, I don't think 
you realize how wide and far the book was going to go. And then it, I saw it dawn on you how far this, we well, what we wanted for the book, you know, because it's it's gone global. And I got up to fourth in um, bestseller. So it was number four on Amazon. So well, what wow. was, yeah, it was, it was, we tried to get to number one, but we got to number four, which is, it's huge. When you think about the zillion billion books going on to Amazon every day, it's huge. So what was the learning experience for you, knowing that your words were going to be read by many, many people? Um, I think I didn't think about that. <laughs> but um, when I was writing the story for the book, my story, what I did focus on was the healing, what heal, I, the tools that I used for healing and the healing journey rather than the story of the events in my past that I was healing from because I think it's the healing journey people don't talk about so often. It's like when someone's sharing, they usually go into the nuts and bolts of the trauma part of their story, mm. whereas what I wanted to share was what I did to get myself, move myself forward. So oh, the across. kind of, <laughs> So it was more than counselling because counselling on its own it could be helpful, but it wouldn't be the end of the journey. So what I found really helped me was I did things like dance, like movement. I did some art therapy where, you know, there was a question posed. We draw the answer to the question, which was quite, you know, it's like what's your greatest fear or something or yeah. how do you, you know, feel when you're in fear. So you would draw a picture about that and then with movement, then you would feel, go into that place where you were feeling the fear and actually move through it so you were connecting to the emotion. So I did things like that. I did sweat lodge ceremony for many years where, you know, I'd taken intent in and I don't know if you've ever done a sweat lodge, but no, you have like four rounds and by the time you get to the third round, it's called the breath of the dragon. So it's when the heat is at its fiercest. So what it the sweat lodge ceremony taught me was to you have to stay calm and you had to connect within and make friends with the heat. Like the more you resist that, then it's going to be a traumatic experience if you just like surrender then you move through and it's, you know, all good. <laughs> so that's really what I brought into my physical story. It's like, well, when I'm fighting and resisting my past, then there's pain and there's suffering. When there's surrender to it and there's acceptance, then you find that forgiveness. We go back to forgiveness and it's like that's where... You know, it's like holding on, holding on. It's like we'll do the reverse. It's like surrender, relax, and just allow it to be yes. there. And I think that's what I found in the writing and sharing of in the for the book was when I just allowed that surrender to happen, it was like easy because the 
message flowed. It's like my higher self, it was like was speaking through me and it was like thinking what did what would be useful or what would be helpful for others to read that might be news of difference. Mm. That is what, what my focus was. It was okay. like what what would be news of difference? And if you were mm. where I was when I started my journey, what would I have what would have helped make my journey easier if I'd had someone who had shared yes. this journey yes. with me at the beginning, you know, and so that was really the foundation of my writing. Mm. Now, you said something before about living up north. Um, so, so to me, heat and north just marry. I just know, I just know when you go up north, you get hot. So <laughs> I don't enjoy heat, but I can, I can just see you as a child. Up, is it Kakadu you were in, you lived in? No, no, I lived in Karatha. Karatha. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. Um, near Dampier, near Dampier, not far from Wickham, um, okay. and just just a sh- two, a, two and a half, three-hour drive from the Karajini National Park. Ah, which is- right. I have been up there. I think it was um, I arrived and I didn't know there was a place called Wickham. And so when I arrived there, I, I was gobsmacked. <laughs> We arrived there about at, at dark. It was nine o'clock, and I just saw the sign. I said to said to my husband who was driving, "That's my name," and he went, <laughs> "Maybe this is your town." And I went, "You never know." So yeah, I didn't know there was a place called Wickham, but you know, life up there when I was there just seemed so easy and cruisy and wonderful to be with. People were lovely. Did you find that? Yeah, I did. I Karatha was a place where I found my healing. So oh, I found I found my best friend. Um, yes. I learned Reiki. I learned to meditate. Um, yeah, the land up there is so healing. Yes, and um, yeah, it and was. Did you, did you associate with the our Aboriginal people up there? Did you live with them or teach with them? Yeah, I knew a lot of Aboriginal people up there, and they're just very real and very. They are. <laughs> It's very easy to be with Aboriginal people because they're just right there with you and they don't put on fanciers and graces and you can just relax and be with them. I learned a lot about the land from there's a beautiful woman in Roban who used to teach about bush tucker and she used to come. I taught up there in the school. so I thought you did, yes. I thought you taught up there. We used to have them come to the school for NAIDOC week and they would share their culture with us. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing journey that you've been on. Here's Tony with us again. Hi, Tony. Hi, girls. I've been listening in. What an amazing conversation, Jackie. Thank you for sharing so vulnerably today. It's a wonderful conversation, particularly um, about the bullying Mm-hmm. And the adults, there's a lot, there seems to me that there's a lot of adults bullying going on, particularly in social media and particularly from people that I would expect a lot more from. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you girls are um, have experienced, but I've seen a bit of it lately and thought that that's just yeah, not Yeah, that's why I asked right, Jackie that question. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, I've sorry. Just, I've seen it. I've seen it switch from children to adults. 
Yes. And I was quite surprised because it's normally the kids, as Jackie will say, our school buses in schools, it's normally the kids that play power games, which we say is bullying. But as Jackie said and and agreed that it's switching over to adults now. Yes, yes, and it's not something that we should be encouraging or, or tolerating. And and um, I could feel the uh, hairs on the back of my neck stand up when um, uh, you were talking about it because I'm one of those people who, if I see something, I'll step in, much to my poor husband's um, uh, <laughs> fear um, because, you know, there's been times when I've seen, um, you know, domestic violence playing out in front of me on a street and my immediate reaction is to go stand between the woman and the man and, of course, that's rationally, that's possibly not the best way to do that but I, I, there's something in me that I just can't shut up about those things and particularly where uh, men are concerned and particularly where they're uh, verbally abusive to women I just I can't not say anything Um, and I I don't know if that's because of my own trauma background I'm not sure but Jackie you obviously feel very much the same way that you shouldn't let it slide yeah Well, what I believe is we need to talk about things and there's a myth that is perpetuated and I'll talk about the trauma point where they, therapists say you don't, to go back and remember and to share the trauma story is more traumatising so you shouldn't do that, you just move on. My belief is you have to talk. The story, telling your story is the liberating. That is where the healing really happens Absolutely. And what I think is we have a fear around the idea of domestic violence, you know. It's because it's unknown and people miss, I think there's a misassociation between trauma, domestic violence and anger. And people have, the people are afraid of anger. But anger is actually a very positive emotion because it's our creative source, it's our self-expression. And we have a tendency to shut people down when they're in anger. So, you know, and anger in public is even viewed, you know, with more, you know, people back off or they're afraid. And people don't know what to do with it because it's an emotion that we disallow. And I think if we could just take, you know, you see a situation where there's people that is perceived bullying. It might not be. It might just be an anger, you know, a moment of anger. But what I think that we sometimes we can escalate the situation without knowing or intending. And I think that... You need to be mindful of and maybe witness, be more of a witness to situations and then just be an icebreaker rather than a dis- like stepping in and taking over the situation. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, yeah. if you step away and witness and just be, be the icebreaker rather than taking sides or I think that would be the best 
for people in those situations. And sometimes if it's concerning, you know, it could be especially something like on Facebook, a question mm -hmm. that uh, I find useful is, do you really believe that? <laughs> yeah. I've used that too, Jackie. I use yes. that. Do you really yes. believe that? Yes. Is that really <laughs> true? And yeah. start a conversation and get people to think about what they're putting out there. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Jackie, the other thing is too that when you've had trauma and you've been through that tough process of therapy and healing, it changes who you are on the outside. And then from that place, it actually takes further time to understand and have confidence in what is innately underlying in your personality so for instance um, it took a long while to feel confident um, that my own gentle energy is often enough to uh, subvert or settle down that anger and negativity and mm -hmm. just sometimes just stepping my energy towards or into that situation and just going it's okay let's mm -hmm. let's chat or, or or let's talk or but it took mm. a long time for me to realize that i could never have done that in my in my younger years but um i'm really grateful and i'm i'm guessing jackie that you're grateful for for the learning that has come from the other side mm. of trauma oh yes i i've what my journey has it's taken me on a journey right through to connect to my soul being and yes. meeting self. And I think life has a way of bringing you to a place where everyone, no matter what life they're living, we are mm. at some point in time challenged to meet ourselves. And you could call it your shadow side. And what I yes. found by embracing who I am, the parts that I love to share with everyone and the parts that I'd rather hide, you know, when you get to the place where you no longer feel, you want to hide all of those parts mm. of yourself and you can let the sun shine in, yeah. then, yes. then you have, I think that's what our life journey is about. So all the obstacles in my life yeah. from childhood through to present day, just give me an opportunity yes. to discover something more about who I am. And That's for that, I'm yeah. grateful. And I love who I am today and everything in yes. my past has shaped who I am at present. And the actual healing journey has been a really interesting one. I've made great friends, yeah. Um, yeah. especially online. There's two women in particular I think of and they are my soul sisters and we've journeyed yes. together with each other's trauma stories and we've grown together over 20 years and it's a beautiful beautiful gift in my life yes so i've got to a point where i wouldn't change anything because i love who i am oh, and i love where the journey has led me and each piece is a piece of me yes. and it's a color Absolutely. of me and i think the title of the book is so apt because it's you know in the color we have from black to white and all the colors in between of the yes, rainbow yeah. and we're made up yes. of all of those 
colours. We don't say, oh, we're not ever going to have dark blue or dark green or black or purple in our life. We're only going to have yellow, orange and pink, you know. <laughs> you know, we don't, like, want to lock out the colours. We want all no. of them. That's right. And That's right. Yes. And they yeah. touch us. It's like, well, that's our story. I think people, you know, if we could embrace all the colour of your life, what's, you know, your shadow side yeah. and your the side that you want to project onto others. And I think the other thing about my journey is my self-perception keeps changing and growing and my love for myself just keeps expanding and yes. being a little bit selfish and taking time to for self-care, self-love is on a daily basis is what keeps um, definitely yeah. yeah, I agree. I Lovely agree. ladies, I've sorry, Kez. Um, I've just looked at the time and <laughs> I hate to interrupt such a wonderful conversation um, but we were out of time on the show today. Kez, thank you so much for um, hosting the show for me today. My Jackie, pleasure. thank you for indulging um, me and letting uh, Kez interview you um, on the show today. Don't forget, people, we want you to duck out and buy The Colours of Me. It's on Amazon across the planet. It's a wonderful anthology with beautiful stories from women um, across the world. And, of course, it was compiled by Kez and Michelle, so you need to get out and buy it. Jackie and I are both authors in The Colours of Me. And, Jackie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Kez, thank you for co-hosting with me and taking Welcome. over today. Um, wonderful audience. We will be back next week with another conversation with Kez. That's our lot for this week. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.